We Speak English Good has expanded to WSEG TV only on Twitch. Every Monday at 1 p.m. and Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I will be going live and direct with guests. I have live looping, improvised music stuff and games prizes and more go to twitch.tv slash we speak english good and tune in also go to modedstudios.com m-o-d-e-d-s-t-u-d-i-o-s.com check out the latest and greatest from this fully embroidered patches and apparel online store actually the latest one is my favorite which is a maga hat with blm spray painted graffitied over it you gotta go check it out it's amazing i put it up on my facebook these hats are selling like hot cakes go check it out for yourself modedstudios.com now on with the show i had a dream that you were cool and things were different today i woke up and saw the light it kind of feels like i'm a fool for your resentment if that's the way you're feeling, alright If I'm so hard to love, I never open up If you can't get enough, that's on you, that's on you Though if I'm too much to take, you say my friends are fake You could just walk away, and it's on you It's on you
It's On You by today's guest, Kat McDowell. It's On You is her latest single, which is available now anywhere you stream your music. Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good podcast. Today's guest is beach pop songstress, Kat McDowell. Kat McDowell is from New Zealand and Japan. She's from half and half, or I don't I don't know how to say that. I know there's like a label for it, but I forgot what they call it. But she lives in Los Angeles now. She writes beautiful pop songs, and uh, I just... She's such a nice, just a nice human being. She does origami. She has a Twitch stream, which you can go find at twitch.tv slash catmcdowell. And you can also find her at catmcdowell.com. And now, hold on. Let me make sure that's catmcdowell.com. I, I think I remember this. I think there was like a, yeah, there's, it's cat-mcdowell.com. So, uh, K-A-T-M-C-D-O. W-E-L-L.com. Go check her out. She has had a beautiful career. She has been signed to a label, to Sony. She's she's but she's been doing her independent thing. She does origami. She does the streaming and she does all this stuff. Go go give your girl some love. Um, we're gonna get the cat just in a few, but first go to Rainamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. Go listen to her latest single called Stew. It's a reggae jam. It's pretty iry. All right, I won't say iry anymore. Uh, <laughs> she also streams three days a week, Tuesdays, Thursdays at 7 a.m. and Saturdays at some time. I think she's switching to mornings. I never know what time it is, so whatever. She's, she's, she's killing it, though. She's killing it all over the place. Go check out rainmystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com. Go also check out the stream, uh, our stream, We Speak English Good stream, which is insane this week. Insane. So Thursday, yesterday we had on Eli and the Enigma. Today we have uh, Friday, which Friday, December 4, 2020. We have live on the stream music streamer Big Chili Chill. Tomorrow, Saturday, uh, what is it, 12 5, December 5th. We, at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have a legendary drummer, James Bradley Jr. He's played with Nat King Cole, Anita Baker, the Beastie Boys, uh, 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 Crazy Town. I mean, he's just had an insanely beautiful career, and I am super excited to talk to him. So that's going on live. Sunday, we got, uh, oh my God, <laughs> Controversy for Breakfast, which is a hellbilly, hell-raising country bluegrass band out of the region here in the midwest and uh, and then monday we have sabi spark which is another music streamer so lots and lots and lots and lots of cool stuff coming up so please do stay in tune for those live streams uh, again that's twitch.tv slash we speak english good and i highly suggest you go over there and, and make a profile and become uh, and become part of the the conversations we have here if you like this show and you want to be more directly involved more directly involved i think that's a proper sentence okay uh, <laughs> if you want to be involved uh, go get on the twitch I, I, it's consumed my life i love it 
and uh, I, I think you guys will like it too. If you guys have been following the show for a while, you'll definitely enjoy uh, being a part of it like this. Uh, so yeah, lots of stuff coming up. Uh, next Wednesday for the podcast release, we have Dead Side Blues, so be on the lookout for that. Um, and, and then go ahead and do the whole like, subscribe, review, like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Discord, anywhere on social media. You can, um, uh, what, what was it? Uh, like, subscribe, review. That's right. <laughs> I got to remind myself sometimes. You can also subscribe to us on Apple iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your, your, uh, your, um, your, your podcast you can also uh, subscribe on uh, YouTube and on Twitch. And uh, YouTube has those music tutorials and the actual video versions of these conversations. So you can actually go and listen or watch this podcast right now in the in the show notes. Just go click it and it'll take you right to the YouTube link. You can also subscribe on Twitch. It, funny thing, I, I, I'm sure you guys have been seeing on face or on Facebook and on, on in your Instagram feeds, everybody putting their 2020 year wrapped on uh, on uh, from Spotify. I didn't even know I had like hundreds of followers and thousands of listens on Spotify. So I'm going to start paying attention to that more. Uh, I just had, I just gained access to my artist profile. So uh, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's very, very interesting. Uh, anyways, uh, you can, uh, this is the most important part is the review part. Please leave a review. It helps us to be found in the algorithms of the podcast world. Uh, yeah. So, and if you write one, if you write one, we'll read it on air. You can also write the show at we speak English good at gmail.com. Um, it's, it's, if you, if you tell us how you feel, how we're doing, if you like the show, if you hate the show, if you're just meh about the show, write us, let us know. Okay, gang, let's get into it. Let's welcome this week's guest, Miss Cat McDowell. Put your hands together. What I've been loving about this, the the Twitch platform, is that in the last six months, well, in the last few months, but in the last six months that we, me and Rain have been sort of really involved in Twitch, I have been able to talk to people from all around the world, and uh, and it's just so amazing. It's so amazing how this platform can connect people. Oh, thank you for the host, Nelly. I appreciate that. Um, I, you know, I absolutely love it, and and you know, like you're an international. Uh, you're a, a woman of the world, um, so I know you're currently in in LA, but uh, you're from you're from New Zealand and and kind of Japan, and so it's been really cool to kind of get to know people from around the world and sort of see the difference in cultures and like like for instance, I didn't know oats were very expensive in 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 uh, wh where is that in New Zealand? Are they expensive in New Zealand? Oatmeal? Oats? Yeah. Um, I don't remember it being very expensive in New Zealand. <laughs> well, well, apparently in Australia, it's it's ri ridiculous. Uh, really? In, in, in UK, uh, in um, uh, what's the other place? Singapore. Singapore oats are very expensive. They're like a very like so. It's just like all these weird different things, and that's food. I mean, you know, there's it's a 
a wider array of things that, uh, yeah. but uh, I don't know. I, I just, uh, I really love this platform for that reason. And I really like what you're doing because you're sort of utilizing it um, with your songwriting and specifically with your songwriting stream. You're really utilizing it. It's really cool that you're you're writing music with somebody who's in Hawaii and you know, you're in LA or you could be writing with somebody who's in uh, you know, New York City, you're in LA and you're writing and, and you even like managed to work it out a little bit to where you're able to jam with them. So it's really interesting. Uh, what Where did that idea come about? I'm, I'm just curious. And and uh, I know I just gave that big, long international thing just to change the subject. <laughs> I, I just I just realized that in my mind as I was sort of coming around to a question. Um, I just opened that all up just so we could change the subject. So, Great. <laughs> I feel we, like you and I are alike, Mike. So well, I feel like the conversation is going to take many different turns. I do too. <laughs> and, and well, I'm, well, well, it takes me a second to kind of get into it. You know what I mean? So like... We kind of like coming into streaming, coming into when you sit down, like people, what people don't see is the frantic scrambling beforehand. <laughs> and so when you sit down, you're like coming from a different place mentally than what you have yeah. to like become. And so yeah. it's like all of a sudden I'm like going from tech guy who's like typing uh -huh. and doing all this stuff to like hey cat what's going on and then and <laughs> i know yeah gotta do everything these days it's a lot magic mike <laughs> mystique that's right baby right here in the flesh uh so so please just just so we can get a first question out and actually hear you talk uh what what, what kind of gave you that idea for the songwriting stream um it was just my my day-to-day -day life before the pandemic was was a lot of co-writing and um and I, I love it i absolutely love co-writing with people and so i would do these sessions in person uh, with a lot of different people typically at least once a week and living in la there's a lot of great amazing people to write with and i you know would go to, to writing camps and things and and I, I just loved it i absolutely loved it and when uh the you know when when we first went into lockdown um fortunately Thankfully, I was talking to Raina, your amazing wife, about this um, the other day too. But I all of a sudden got an influx. I taught a little bit, but I suddenly got an influx of young girls who didn't have school anymore and yes. wanted to pick up an instrument. And what a wonderful thing yeah. um, to, to learn new skills during this time. And so it's been so awesome to just to mentor young not just young girls a lot of, and, and adults too adults who just need to de-stress after work yeah and mm -hmm. just and to be able to even write song write with some of them and to teach them teach them music and so that was that was so wonderful and i was so fortunate to go from all of these canceled tours and seemingly losing all of my work to actually gaining a lot of work but just different kind of work and so i've, I've accumulated so much knowledge and skill of being you know being a full-time struggling musician throughout yeah, the years yeah. mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and so it's been really nice to be able to impart some of this knowledge to other and skills to other people mm -hmm. but I found myself going a little crazy because all of a sudden I was you know teaching all the time and I wasn't writing and mm -hmm. I wasn't spending time performing or doing all the things that I used to and the things that I love and so um, after I kind of started to get more of a handle on this new life, I was just like, I need to make time. I need to make time to start streaming 
And so even though Twitch and streaming was something I wanted to do at the beginning of lockdown, I had to kind of get a handle on my life for the first three or four months of just like, oh, this is new life. Yeah. And so it was only really in the last three or four months. But it's always been a vision of mine. I, I just saw the potential that Twitch had to for collaboration. And I've always loved collaboration. And I've released a lot of songs with so many different amazing artists who I love and respect and admire. Um, you know, in, in real life, and I could just see potential on Twitch, especially because I saw a lot of people uh, who maybe, uh, you know, the Twitch is great, and it's just like playing anywhere, playing busking, mm. is that people connect with cover songs. Oh they love, you know. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but Kathosaurus just came through and dropped another a sub dump. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Kathosaurus, you are just, you are just a, you are just a dream. I sincerely appreciate that i really do uh i, I really want to start getting like some kind of um alert <laughs> here you go here you go i got this for you oops that's terrible i'm, I'm sorry i don't have anything better for you cathasaurus i wish i had something better for you you know what like, kind of like what i really would love to do i have no idea how we do it but to have an alert for people who do gift a lot, yeah. you know, people who gift a lot. I'm just like, I wish I could make a little, I guess we could figure yeah, out that somehow. Yeah, you definitely can. You, yeah. Hadouken is boss. Thank you, Kathasaurus. I'm glad you appreciated the Hadouken. I appreciate the Hadouken too. Uh, <laughs> a little Street Fighter love. Oh, I see now. Okay, so, so Reyna has, um, thank you, oh, hey, nephew. Hey, I tacos. <laughs> yeah, I think she wants me to play tacos. Okay, so um All right. Let, okay, fine. I'll just do it right now. I'll just do it right now. I'm so sorry, Kat. Like I I I, I don't I, I want to talk to you. They're 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 putting me through the ringer here. Kathosaurus. Okay, how about this? We'll play a song. We'll play tacos for for Reina cuz she she uh she uh, redeemed her fresh bars, which, by the way, everybody who's in chat, who, if you have a question for Ket, please use your fresh bars. They're pretty cheap. It's only one fresh bar for a question. If you have a question for the guest, please use the fresh bars. This is the easiest way for me to keep track of questions. So please do that. I will get my guitar, and, and then we will talk to Ket, I promise. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Oh, hey, nephew wants a song too. sing the family guy intro. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's not how this works. There's a song list that you could choose from, which has three songs on there. <laughs> you could choose from one of those songs, which now the song list doesn't work. Okay. Oh, it does. There it is. Okay. I forgot what's on here. Oh my God. This is terrible. Okay. Oh my God. That's what I put on here. Okay, so you can pick one of those, I suppose. When did you, okay, when did you become New Zealand? Oh, yeah, um, th that's a question for the guests, I suppose. Uh, uh, Kathosaurus wants to know when you became New Zealand. <laughs> well, it, uh, it all started back when I uh, started eating tacos. And, um, and then it all just went downhill from there. And all of a sudden, I woke up the next morning and I had become New Zealand. And there it is, folks. There it is. Wow! Like this stream, it, everything that 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 answer was off the rails, just like this stream is going. Okay, we're gonna get that. We're gonna get this, cat. I appreciate your patience. Um, I really do. Okay, so, um, oh hey nephew, 
it, you have to pick a song. Um, oops. I will attempt the song. Okay, no, I'm not a singer, Kat. I, I want you to know. And, and um, singing is one of those things that is kind of hard for me in front of people. So that's why I did this to myself. Sort of how, like, you, um, you, you kind of, oh, and there she goes. Uh, and she's, oh, there she's, she's back. Um, kind of oh, like yeah. how you had to, uh, you had to incorporate your, um, your, your songwriting into uh, the stream. I have to incorporate my singing into the stream because I won't, <laughs> I won't do it. If I eat tacos, will... Will, if I eat tacos, will I become New Zealand or am I what I eat? Will I be tacos? Ziggy wants to know all three of those questions. And, and that, was very, that was a very sly thing you did, Ziggy, there, that you got three questions in with your one fresh bar. I should charge My you answer to Ziggy is yes. There you go. I hope you're satisfied with your fresh bar spending. Oh, yeah. I want to talk about COVID and lockdown, too. That's one thing. Okay. Let's keep Nelly's line up because that's a... Let's keep... We're going to keep your question because we're going to start with COVID when I'm done with this stupid song I'm about to sing everybody. So, everybody enjoy this. Oh, I'm going to turn down the reverb a little bit. Oh, all right. And you know, Kat is like a professional singer songwriter. So this is this is this is even more fun for me. So I'm going to be judging you real hard. I appreciate that. I, I appreciate that very much. <laughs> <sighs> okay. No, it's raining tacos from out of the sky. Tacos. No need to ask why. Just open your mouth and close your eyes. It's raining tacos. Hold on, I gotta go down. Sorry, everybody. It's raining tacos. Out in the streets. Tacos. All you can eat. Lettuce and shells. Cheese and meat. It's raining tacos. Yum, yum, yummity yum. It's like a dream. <laughs> Yup, yup, yummy, yum, more sour cream. It's raining taco. Ooh, tacos. Ooh, tacos. Ooh, ooh. It's raining tacos. It's raining tacos from out of the sky. Tacos. No need to ask why. Just open your mouth and close your eyes. It's raining tacos. Okay, there you go. Oh, hey, nephew, if you have that song, drop it. If not, we'll move on. I'd prefer to move along. Okay. I hope you enjoyed the moves I made for you. I did, and I saw them out of the corner of my eye, and I, I, I couldn't truly show my appreciation because I yes. was busy looking. Now everybody can dance along. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, so now that now that we got all that out of the way, I mean, I feel I feel closer to you now that I've performed for you and uh, in, in such close proximity. Um, so you kind of were mentioning that, uh, you know, at the beginning of, of COVID, you were sort of going, ah, and I think everybody had their version of that. And of course, you could get as personal as you like. But I mean, what kind of stuff were you going through? I mean, if you want to keep it creative, there, uh, like, what were you kind of going through creatively 
And then, I mean, and if you're, if you're willing to share, like, what was it personally you're kind of going through at the beginning of all this? Thanks, your favorite today. (laughs) I, uh, I tried really hard. It was really hard. Yeah, it was great. It was was great. I think it was some of my best work. I think so. so. I think so. That's dangerous. Props to you. Um, okay. No, uh, yes. You know, it wasn't like, it wasn't, um, traumatic for me at all. Mm -hmm. Uh, it was actually an incredible time season just really busy it was just the the strangest you know just the strangest thing i think everyone felt like this like maybe we do this less now but like i think it was just you'd wake up every couple of days and you just go wait what's happening (laughs) you just be like what like (laughs) yeah yeah totally like what? <laughs> just, you know, like, uh, <laughs> and you know, it's like, okay, wait, there's no planes flying. Like, yeah. what? You mean I can't just go to Japan? Right. What? Like, right. wait, I won't be able to go for like a year or, you know, oh, I, I guess back in March. We're like, surely in the summer, just, oh, yeah, just right. a couple months. Well, Fine. they were telling us two weeks. It was like every, every two weeks, it was two weeks. So it was yeah. like, we're planning our lives around these two weeks, these, these magical yeah. two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, and um, and so I was doing pretty well actually until the riots started. That was when it got real, like real stressful for me. But um, uh, in but, which yeah, ways? First, which, which ways was it stressful? It was just like so hard to see such. Well, it was everything like COVID. Um, you know, everything that happened with George Floyd. All these mm-hmm. things that mm-hmm. I felt like would just bring people together, and could. Right, bring right. people together was we're dividing people, and I'm not a d- divisive person. I mean, I don't think generally people want to be, right, but I right. think it was just the you know looking back now, it's like oh we were all just stressed out of our minds, and we're constantly on social media, and we get polarized because we end up just being in our thought bubbles and thinking that everyone feels the same way. Yeah, and we yeah. just get further and further apart. <laughs> like ah, right. so you know it's just it was. It was particularly stressful, I think, around that time when I'm like, wait a minute, you know, I thought this like virus was an enemy that we could all round up and fight against it. But we're like letting it divide us. And then, you know, something like George Floyd, which is an issue that I think everybody actually agreed on. It's like, well, this policeman went too far and this is not good, but then became like very, you know, very divisive and polarizing. So. It, that's you know for me i think that was the that was probably the hardest part of the last six months was just seeing that you know just seeing division and s- people's stress just being taken out and maybe being processed in in a way that was more harmful than healing and productive so yeah <laughs> but uh but uh, it's it's been a it's been a wonderful year for me when when we first <laughs> it was so funny actually when when we first went into lockdown my husband was um you know, was training outside in a park because you could still do that. Mm. And um, and then he sprained his ankle. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like a month of teaching full time, but also feeding him full time (laughs) because he was just like, just in bed. But funnily enough, that actually helped us get on. Like, it was just the strangest thing how it was like a really, in in some ways it was a really difficult situation, but it, we, um, we grew closer during that time. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't that wasn't terrible either. It was just really busy. It was just really full on. And um, and then I've just realized I was talking to Ziggy about it last night, too. But I'm just like really 
there's so much I want to do that I kind of have an inflated idea of what I'm capable of. <laughs> and I'm like, like I what, could do like, everything yeah. and I'm going to try. And then once every three or four weeks, I have a meltdown. <laughs> like, I can't do it. <laughs> well, well, yeah, that, that's, that's oh. the, um, that that that's like i think a lot of people who try to you know i, I i'm assuming that you like to i'm not calling you a control free or trying to but you you probably like to have a lot of control over your art and probably your environment and everything right am i right yeah and i think for and, the, and when and you for can't contain time, that control it's sort of duh. yeah and yeah. just not even really sure if you know and again like it's just doubting if I mean, here Ziggy is going, oh, pew. And I'm like, but do you really? Can you? Like, it's like, I feel bad asking people for help. <laughs> it is weird. But, you know, yeah. I, what I loved about what I love about this platform is that people are, do want to genuinely help. People do want to hang out and people genuinely are trying to connect with other people. And And I think coming from a music world where we are, where we're not used to that, right? Like, we're not used to people trying to, like, bring people to your gigs or you know trying to you know hook you up with you have to beg people yes or, or people. you know like all the myriad things like you have to like like you know ziggy can you help me uh set up my guitar and like do some tech work you know it's like well maybe if you pay me like 50 dollars, you know like it's like a in the music business which let me just say guitar techs deserve their money but i'm just saying that in this world we're not so used to in the music world or even in the art scene is art in general it's like you're not always used to people just giving you a hand and 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 you know giving you recommendations and you know what i mean like it's 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 a very dog eat dog type of environment um which which if you find your scene it can be really embracing but again it's like you gotta find your scene and you know you you, you talk i talk to a lot of people who might be on the outside of these scenes i'm gonna do the quotes but uh, but that's that's the huge difference that I've noticed is that people genuinely want to connect. And um, I mean, do you agree with that sentiment? I mean, do you agree with the oh, sentiment uh, of 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 the music business, like in IRL and and Twitch being a very different thing? I mean, have you had that experience? Mm -hmm. It's uh, you know, in a real life gig, at the end of our gig, we don't go, okay, guys, let's go check out this other artist. Let's go, everybody. Yeah, <laughs> like, right, right. You know, right, go right. and like go to another venue and support someone else. <laughs> right, we're not talking about other people's shows. Yeah, exactly. It's you like, know? and if you're playing on the bill with three other bands, it's like I get done playing. It's like, all right, peace. I'm not even trying to talk to nobody. I'm out of here. Yeah, um, like, and, then, and so I was, I would try to put together shows with other artists so mm -hmm. that we could actually cross promote and that people would be encouraged to stay for at least two or three. Right. But, you know, right. if the venue's organizing it, then you don't actually know who's playing before or after you. They just turn up for their slot. You just turn up for your slot and, mm -hmm. and that's it. And I've always found that a little strange too, that I would ask my friends to drive to Hollywood, pay $10 <laughs> for parking, to watch me play for 45 minutes and then have to buy two beers, you know, and... <laughs> it's yeah. like wait a minute so i'd at least want to like find another friend right. to play right. with or like do something so at least they'd get to see two bands and which you know yeah and wouldn't just be playing to our friends but maybe somebody new mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. that's been the wonderful thing about twitch is that if you if you play to the world there's people here from all over the world hanging out yeah. and you know and you can play multiple times a week and mm -hmm. play to different mm -hmm. people at different times to different parts of the world but some people just like hanging out and throwing throwing grundies at us you know <laughs> thank you for the like, grundies everybody 
I'm trying to keep up with the chat stuff, but I, I, I'm, I'm still trying to get back into the the talking so that that in that beginning just threw me all off. Uh, <laughs> the yeah the 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 thing about LA too, and even when I was in San Diego, we had a lot of this was this this idea of pay for play. Where, or, or bringer shows where you have to bring people like you have to sell so many tickets and when you're first starting out in a scene like that especially in LA I mean and, and people you know people who've been doing it for a long time still have to pay you know these venue fees and stuff so it's it, it's like a really interesting um juxtaposition to go from one world to another one and just sort of embrace it because I don't know like I'm I've, I've sort of the gigs around here, if they are gigs, they're they're paying at twenty five percent of what we were getting, and you know it's very far and few between. And I'm still not that comfortable with going out in public with all of that going on. So, like that, like in that bar scene, because there's a, you know people when they're drunk, they don't give a shit. They're coughing on you, they're talking at you, they're touching you, touching your shit. So, <laughs> uh, like I really have embraced this platform. I mean, do do you see yourself? I mean, I, I do see myself going back out and playing real gigs, but do you see yourself going as hard back into the touring? Because I know you tour pretty relentlessly. Am, am, am I right? You 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 like mm-hmm. to be on the road a good amount of time of the year, or or am I completely wrong? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to uh, I used to do a lot of, t- of shows in Japan, mm-hmm. uh, tours in Japan, and so you know, um, my husband and I would fly over there. We would book the shows. It was all very DIY. Mm-hmm. We would sometimes play, you know, anywhere between twenty to thirty shows over six weeks, generally. And we would rent a car, take a PA system, drive up and down the country, uh, and it was beautiful, and I loved it. But it was such hard work and so risky each time. And I think I really love Twitch now. And <laughs> I don't know if we would have a tour in the same way again. Mm. Maybe if we had some help and I wasn't having to do everything. Yeah. But, um, but you know, I'm really like embracing and like really trying to get my head around Ableton so that I can start looping more. And it's something I've wanted to do, but now being forced to stay at home i'm like well i don't have to set up all the stuff at every gig so it's really motivating and it's really nice to be able to know that i can spend a couple of years really growing as a as an artist and as a live streaming performer yeah and then hopefully i'll be able to somehow take something on the road but um but i'm really i'm really excited that for the next few years i have a reason to stay at home and (laughs) grow like really grow and that's not something that i would have probably wanted a few years earlier but i think this is what i needed more than anything right now so yeah no and and, you know you're when you when we were first sort of talking about the beginning of the pandemic you were like well i mean for me because you kind of had the same reaction it's like what the fuck's going on but in the reality of the situation was like well this is what I usually do anyways, unless I have to like leave my house to go make money. It's like, I don't really leave my house anyways. Like if there's anywhere I prefer to be, it's it's it, at my house with my toys what, that I can play with, you know, at any moment, you know, like it's just all my work is at home. So I don't, you know, so like this wasn't a big change for me other than now I hate, hate going to the grocery store. 
Whereas it was like a nice thing that I enjoyed going with my family. It wasn't horrible. We were pleasant. Now it's just a nightmare. It's just I don't want to go there ever. It's just it's terrible. But um, I forgot where I was going with that. I, I just took that long path just to talk about myself. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. It's great. But the oh yeah yeah yeah. It was uh, we were talking about the beginning of the pandemic. It's like the you know we don't really we don't we usually just stay home anyways. So, so was it sort of something like that where you're just sort of like, wow, what's going on? But like, you know, I'm, I'm just doing over here. Like, I mean, like you, you, you said that you had some uh, tours canceled and you had some, you know, your shows were canceled, but other than that, you were fine just hanging out at your house and <laughs> taking care of your husband and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I guess. I mean, timing wise, it was probably the best time for him to, to sprain his ankle because we can go anywhere anyway. And, I'm gonna um, kill my. Uh, sorry, my my Discord. I think is beeping at me, so I'm gonna kill. Yeah. Him oh yeah, that happens a lot. I uh, figured out how to silence it. Yeah, I, I, I thought I did, but it, apparently I didn't. Jeez yeah. Louise. Um, you know, if, go ahead. every year go ahead. I have this. Um, you know, I I pray and I ask God like what the theme is, and I felt like at the beginning of the year, um, God gave me a theme, and it was to let go, and so every every day. I'm, I have to remind myself to let go and, and let go means different things every day. Mm -hmm. So in some ways it was exactly what I needed to embrace the, all of this. Cause you really do have to let go of everything. I was like, okay, no, I were like, I, at the beginning of the year, I didn't think we were going to tour. And then a few days into it, it looked like we were going to tour. So I had to let go of the fact that I didn't think we were going to tour. And I was like, okay, cool. We're touring. Mm -hmm. And then the tour got canceled a few years, a few weeks later. And yeah. I was like, okay we're not touring <laughs> and and then um every all this stuff happened and so every day it's like okay just let go of like how i feel like things need to happen yeah and just just go with the flow it's just easier that way so. it is it, it it is but it's so hard it's so hard to do yeah. that sometimes it's, it's, easy to, it's easy and hard <laughs> yeah. it's easier on me if you do but it's hard to do yeah yeah, exactly. Because like you do want to just no, I gotta no, I should just do that. <laughs> it's like you, it's hard to step away from sometimes. Um, yeah. yeah, the 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 thing about the pandemic was it, all it did was give me a bunch of free time to work on me and my stuff. Yeah. it's all it did. It's like and then and then they started rolling out those the unemployment. I was like, oh shit, you're gonna pay me to, to sit here and work on like a whole new career path. Oh, sweet. I'll, I'll do it. Now, I'm not trying to say this is everybody's experience. And, and you know, I, I feel for the people out there who are really suffering. But, you know, I, I, I took I'm taking advantage of this to the fullest extent because I don't know when this is going to happen again, where we're going to get this moment where, yes, we're busy, but we're busy working on what we want and not working on what other people or their expectations, you know what I mean? Like other gigs, like that's cool. Playing gigs is cool. You know, it helps get your name out there. It's fun to play, make a little money. But at the end of the day, it's like you still have to deal with, with, with you know, play in places where people might not be interested in listening or you they'd rather hear the game than listen to you or uh and i'm not saying this is your experience this, this is my experience oh totally that's happening <laughs> well you know i mean when you're playing to a, a room that where no one is gives a shit about you it's like you're just dumping all this energy out into the ether and none of it comes back and so i mean you know when you think about it it's it's like, why am I going out here? Why am I dumping this energy? And then you have that really great show where everything seems to happen. 
and people were really nice and and you know like you just just everything seems to click and you're like oh yeah this is why but mm-hmm. um but yeah i i just i i really appreciated the fact I appreciated this time, even though it's a t- you know a time of pain and hard for a lot of people. But I did really appreciate this time to sort of reflect and regroup and go forward. I really like that that sort of idea you had, where you're like, "Well, go with the flow. What's next?" And I think that comes from being an artist because we're sort of always looking for the next gig or, or the next you know next project, and and so we're always sort of in search of that. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, like, do you agree with that? Do you agree with this sort of like, there's a hustle mentality behind it and, mm-hmm. you know, things dry up, you know, that's just the nature of the business. It's like, well, I guess that well's dry. It's like, let's go dig another. Um, you know, I mean, do you, do you find yourself going in these influxes and stuff? I, I know you've had, I know you had, um, just do a little research. I know you've had success in Japan and, and you've been signed to Sony before, um, can you tell me about that? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I was signed to Sony and, um, and a label called Avex. My management publishing was Sony. And then I was with um, a label called Avex. They're, they're one of the biggest labels in Japan. Oh, cool. But, um, but they have a lot of different artists. And so it's not uh, anyone who's been signed will know that being signed is just a, a step, a foot inside, but it is just not guaranteed. Yeah, that's not stardom. That's not a career. You just get to get in the game of <laughs> the, that major world, of that label world anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and back then it was still like, you know, really helped to have a label, I think. Um, now I'm not sure whether it's as important. We're, we're at the time, I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, I agree with you too with that last thing you just said. Um but were you were you signed at a time where like record sales and CDs were still a thing, or was that sort of passing and sort of like iTunes and stuff has taken over? iTunes was there, mm-hmm. um, but and and record la- uh, records were still selling in Japan, but not mm-hmm. so much the rest of the world. Gotcha. And then um, and then it was it was really like I I was signed for three years, and it was from beginning to end. I mean, it was just album sales just tanked you know oh, yeah. just in general oh, yeah. and so by the time my full album actually came out um they just they hardly they hardly promoted it i mean i had a radio dj friend who was at one of the major radio stations in japan and she said that she lit she had to ask my label because they wouldn't they didn't drop all those all my cds in the dj slots mm-hmm. And so she had to literally like call up my label and go, "Can you bring Cat's CDs?" So Whoa. she dropped it into all the DJ slots. Like that's how little yeah. they were promoting me. It's, by the time you know, because they were just focusing on their like number one, number two artists, and right. so right. And that's it, how it works. They 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 invest in a bunch of different artists, and then whoever sort of they kind of recoup their money through through artists mm-hmm. who who's who who they're able to promote and sell and stuff and and everyone else sort of just you know they don't put any time or effort or if they or if they do it's like here it is and if it doesn't work they just sort of walk away and let you sort yeah. of flounder no i've i've, I've yeah. heard it a lot and and it's a sad thing um when you were going through all of this was i mean can you kind of tell me what, i mean how how I'm just trying to I'm just trying to put myself in your place, I guess. And because you were younger and I know that like how young were you when when you got signed? 20, 20 or 21. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, I can't even imagine that. But they honestly, so many labels turned me down mm-hmm. because they said I was too old. 
So Whoa. I went with a label that was fine with my age, but every like I think that's why I ended up going with Avex was because all of the Sony labels were like, well, they were like, there are two concerns. They're like, well, my age was one. Mm-hmm. They wanted someone, I guess, who was 15, you know, yeah. like really young. Yeah. And, yeah. and then they wanted someone who would like sing more in Japanese. And at the time I wasn't singing in Japanese. I was singing mostly in English. So I think after being told that a few times, I wrote a song, my first song in Japanese. It's a song called Stop. And... And then I sent that to my to like a manager that I met through the scouting agency, Sony scouting agency. Because after three months, they were like, "I'm sorry, we haven't been able to find you a label that you know is interested." But I met a manager through that, and so I sent him an email with a Japanese song, and I said, "You know, this is I've tried writing a Japanese song." And then he responded and said, "Hey, that's cool. You know, why don't I try and do my own little like? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this song and." and go and do my own thing, like try and pitch it to a few different labels. And so um, I, I think the, the biggest problem was that they didn't really know how to market me because I looked fine, but I wasn't a huge, well-known, you know, I wasn't Avril Lavigne at the time. Right. And so, you know, I wasn't Japanese, but I wasn't fully, you know, foreign either. And right. And I just well, didn't have a lot of artists that were like me. And right, and when you think about the culture of Japan, like it's it's a mostly a monoculture, correct? It's mostly just mm-hmm. Japanese yeah. people living there. So, so having someone that I guess they would consider foreign come in, I, I could, I just just to give context for people who might not even think about it in that context is like, you know, this is a monoculture, and 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 you know, you have somebody who's considered a foreigner in there, even though you were from there. Right, you're from Japan, right? You're originally born in Japan, and okay, yeah. and then you went to the. I, I want to call it Kiwi. God, I'm so American, the Kiwi place, the Kiwi Islands, <laughs> New Zealand. Okay, Kiwi um, Land. Kiwi Land. That's it. That's it. God. <laughs> um. Yeah. So. So. Yeah. I, I can see. You know. I can see how that could run into a problem. So. So. Then you were able to sort of land this deal. And, and can you kind of comment on the young thing? That's kind of, I guess they do that here, right? Like they do do that here, but you do see people more. I mean, I mean, yeah, I, Justin Bieber, you know, and, and uh, Aaliyah and stuff. They're all young people. So I guess that is part of the just music. Um, yeah, even Avril Lavigne, yeah. Christina Aguilera, uh, yeah. Billie Eilish. Right, exactly. So, Lord, I, you know, that's they're not, all that's under not 20. New. That's not different. Okay, okay. Yeah, that that is a weird thing, though, isn't it? It's is a, a strange thing that they go after very young people who sort of have this massive talent, but maybe not completely fully developed in the brain. Because that's such a a huge thing to lay on somebody. Like like getting signed at twenty for you. I mean, that's a that's a you know. At the beginning, I'm sure that was mind blowing and stuff. Can you kind of go through that and like what what was the experience and you know what was your expectations at the beginning? And we don't I have to say. sit in this subject, by the way. I don't. We don't have to sit That's here. Fine. Okay, cool. I, I just, I just, I'm, I'm, I'm always curious about people's experiences with big labels because yeah. they generally have, you know, uh, you know, they generally, it's generally the same story. But you know, like, I, I. I like you were saying, just because you get signed doesn't mean that's your life. Your, you know, you got it made in the shade. It's there's a lot more that goes into it, and so like I like to paint that sort of the picture for people who might be getting into the music industry and uh, you know what to expect. So what were you sort of? What was your expectations when you sort of first got into the role of being signed, and then and then what what would you sort of do 
Like, what did that mean for you with your career? Like, what did you do with that? Were you able to start playing bigger shows? Like, what what came with that at the beginning? Yeah. I know that's a big question. <laughs> it was, um, I mean, a lot of really great opportunities. So mm -hmm. I got to work with some really amazing producers. Mm -hmm. um, I worked on... I worked on uh, my album with a man called Gota Yashki, and he uh, he is um, he was in Simply Red. He was the drummer for Simply Red, and he produced the Stars album, which oh. was you know one of Simply Red's biggest albums. He was the drummer I, I, for Simply Red. I don't know Simply Red. I I wish I did. Um, I should, I oh, you don't? Oh, no, okay. I don't. Um, <laughs> I guess they were big in the nineties, probably in the nineties, mm -hmm. um, and. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I got to work with him and he was, he was so lovely. He was amazing and just worked with some amazing musicians. And so, right, like now when I look back, I think the most valuable um, thing I got was really just the, uh, the opportunity to meet so many amazing artists mm -hmm. in Japan. And to this day, I'm still friends with a lot of them. And, you know, because I got to meet them in mastering studios or in, uh, in just in different in different at different festivals and things like that and so mm. i've had the opportunity to collaborate with some of them like i was on the same label as one of my favorite bands monkey magic so mm. i was really excited when you know finally like found or, or a label you know really liked me wanted to sign me only to find out that they only had two other artists at the time they were under avex the umbrella mm. but but those two but one of those artists was monkey magic and mm. i loved like i they just recently released their first EP, I think, and and I loved them so much because I was listening to all this, you know, Japanese music that was coming out and going, okay, which artists do I like? Who do I see myself as? And you know, a lot of the labels were saying we don't know how to market her. Yeah. And then yeah. I was like, well, but this label, or like this guy, like this band is doing. There were two Canadian guys and two Japanese guys in a band that did a hybrid Japanese English thing. Mm. And so I was like, well, these guys have figured out something, and they're not typical. Japanese band so I was like ah only to find out that the label that wanted to sign me had signed them oh, so um, and was working with them I was like well these guys would know what to do with me probably yeah. so so it was really cool being able to work with them and um, and I yeah I it was interesting Raina said it's easier to manipulate a child absolutely yeah. um, that's probably why they wanted to sign people who are really young yeah um, but uh, but I was, but looking back now, I mean, I was still so young then too, and I didn't. There was a lot I didn't know and understand that I wish I did now. But, but what can you do? Well, yeah, and that's <laughs> and that's what I was so blown away that you know at twenty, and I think of myself like anytime I'm projecting myself on anybody, but in, I think of myself in that position at, at twenty years old, and I was a mess. Like at twenty, I was drinking and being crazy and stuff. I mean, what were what were you? I mean. Like, were you partying? Were, was that part of your 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 nature, or are are you just no. are you, you're just you're just like you're? I see you probably were probably like very hyper focused, huh? You were like very hyper focused <laughs> on what you were doing. Yeah, I was like <laughs> such a, you know, I was I I'm allergic to alcohol, oh, so good. I never enjoyed it. Good. And good. I so like just had my dream of like I want to be a musician mm -hmm. that I would not let anything get in the way of that like that's, so that's it's just great. very like hyper focused and but looking back because japan is such a socially drinking culture mm. i look back and i was like oh man i must have missed so many opportunities because that's where a lot of the work comes from is from going to these parties yeah. socially. 
yeah and you're right huh? and i wasn't really really big on that so yeah um yeah you were too yeah. busy trying to create and create a career for yourself yeah. And that's why it's funny because you listen to Jack White talk about it. And he's like, yeah, I didn't party. I just went back to my hotel room and just worked on what I was doing, bro. <laughs> like, I didn't care about partying or girls. It was like, I just had to stay in the mode. And it's so easy for young people to get wrapped up in that kind of lifestyle. Yeah. Um, what? Oh, Adam. I have, okay. a, I have an interesting Jack White story. Oh, I'd love to hear it. Um, so last year, I... Uh, uh, someone you know, someone I know, who works in commercials, approached me and was like, "Hey, can you sing in Japanese?" And I was at LAX, about to fly to Japan. <laughs> and <laughs> can I'm like, I sing in yeah. Japanese? <laughs> and I'm like, "Absolutely. What do you need? What do yeah. you need?" And he's, like, he's like, "I need you to do a cover song, um, or like a Japanese cover song." He goes, "I'll get back to you with details soon." And I was like, "Okay." So first thing I did when I flew to Japan. Because I was already at the airport. It's like, okay, I need an interface and I need a mic and <laughs> I need, like, I need to have a recording set up so I can, you know, because with this guy, like, and with commercials, it's, you need right, to get back. It's fast like, turnover. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I got to Japan. Next thing I did, like, walked to my friend's place and, like, got it, borrowed an interface from her and just got a set up ready so That's I could right. record. And then he's like, oh, um, I want you to, you know, can you do a, do a, a white stripe song? Why can't, uh, I can tell that we're going to be friends. And can you also sing, why can't we be friends in Japanese? <laughs> like, just want 30 seconds. So it's like, okay. So I um, wrote some Japanese lyrics to, I can tell that we're going to be friends. Mm -hmm. And why can't we be friends? And, um, <laughs> and then sang the demo and sent it to him. And, and he was like, the agency, love it. He goes, now we just need Jack White's permission. And he never approves anything. <laughs> wow like, okay. <laughs> i like that they put it all together first and then it's like well, i guess that's the nature right you want to have yeah. the full the full well, idea presented yeah okay absolutely yeah and then uh and then it was just it, it sounds like it was quite an amazing story because the um you know the people who were actually making like you know they, they approached jack white and um apparently he doesn't own a cell phone or something so they went through his you know his like manager and and then um and then when they talked to Jack White about it, he was like, Oh, he knew that like he's actually friends with the creative directors who were filming the commercial. What? And he just hung out with them the night before or something. So it's like, oh, so he was like open to it. And then they showed him my version of his song. Thanks for that he, follow uh, scuppler. Sorry about that. Thanks for the follow no scuppler. Uh please, I'm sorry. God, I hate see that's the that's the thing I hate doing is interrupting. But but please uh, Okay. Go ahead. And so then they, um, yeah, and then they, and then, yeah, so he got back to me and he's like, Jack loved it. He loved your voice. I was like, woo. Yeah. So, okay. So, so th that's, that's really fun to know that Jack White was sitting there judging you. <laughs> like, is this, is this good enough? And it was, and it was, which is, which is like, you know, like, I don't like to sit there and, 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 and uh, hey, Sculpler, uh, Scrupler, sorry, Scrupler. Scrupler. Uh, welcome, welcome. Uh, Why is Ziggy hiding in a corner? Because we What's were talking about kids, because they were talking about how um, kids are easily manipulated and that's why people go after them in, in the music business, which is actually really interesting because I, I think I saw some interview, I think you had it up on a playlist somewhere, uh, where you're talking to this young kid and you're talking about how like with your time at Sony, 
that they were a little maybe overprotective or at least uh, shielded you. I, I, I remember you saying that there was an executive who kept you from fans that wanted to sign you on. They wanted you to sign autographs or something. Is this? Is this? Oh, um, yeah. Or something <laughs> like that. And, and I was like, why? But why? And he's like, well, they might try to sell the photo or like make money off it or something. I'm like, well, that's a stupid reason. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was just kind of weird. Because, you know, you, you want people taking photos with you and promoting you. Right. Right? But, right. So there was just a couple of instances. I mean, they weren't like that all the time. Mm -hmm. and it's not like I had people begging to, you know, it's not like I had hundreds of people lined up. So right, I don't right. know. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I don't understand. So then, so then when, uh, did you decide to leave the label or did the le label leave you? I was, I'm just... Well, we ended on really good mutual, like mutual terms. That's great. And, That's great. Uh, That's great. Yeah. And basically the, my contract was up. They were like, you know, they were like, we could keep working with you, but we'd have to probably go in a direction, you know, that you don't want to. <laughs> that's that's such what? a shitty way of of saying get the fuck out it's like well i guess you could stay if you wanted to like hang on by a thread and we dangle you over the edge but yeah i mean it wasn't quite like that but I it was know, just more I like know. i was just like i basically went to them and said you know um i would i think i need some time to just create what i want to create yeah <clears throat> and then once i've made this album i would love to bring it to you and if you like it enough that you would want to promote it, um, I would love to work with you again. Yeah, but I don't yeah. want to spend your money or your time on that. Like I'd rather just, you know, create it. Yeah. So um, without their pressure. And then I think they were cool with that. And they were also like, yeah, we would have to, <clears throat> they were basically like, you know, because what we're doing right now isn't working, we would probably have to change direction somehow. Like, you know, you'd have to have a really kit hit killer song or something in order for like us to pick up and keep going again right, right, so right. um so for all of those reasons it just felt like it would might be good to just step away yeah. and so we just kind of let it expire and um and then i discovered that hey i actually really enjoy doing this indie i could do things that i couldn't before because you know i was in control yeah. so if i was yeah. like i want to tour i want to play gigs i would play gigs i would, I would tour and so it was, I mean, it was, it was a lot of work, but at least I was doing what I wanted to do. And, and, um, I, you know, I had some friends in a band at the time. And so we, we, uh, they helped me create this, uh, my first indie album, you and me, which was really awesome. And, and I went traveling for a little bit and, um, just got to, got to write and experience some new things and come back and then ended up just staying indie. So yeah. Yeah. It's uh, there was really great things about a label, and then there were some really hard things about a label. And so I'm really, uh, f really fortunate that I just even got to experience it and got all the experiences that I did. And <clears throat> and all the people that I worked with really were lovely. I didn't have anyone very manipulative. I didn't have, you know, I didn't have the mafia like on my back because some labels are, you know, a lot of entertainment is controlled by yakuza. Oh, really? Yeah, Ooh, and, but I didn't have that's juicy. Any of that, so. Oh, oh, shucks. Uh, you didn't experience. Uh, uh, I got your juicy stories. Where, At least where, I still have all my fingers intact. Uh, <laughs> well, it'd be better if you didn't. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, whispering glitter 
is requested that I do something. Oh, hey, Whispering glitter. Whispering glitter. I'm going to go ahead and just do this. Let me just go ahead and say we're going to give glitter her due because she de she she deserves it. She deserves her due. <laughs> Um, the, okay, so what do you want me to play, Glitter? What, what, what do you want me to do? How do you want me to embarrass myself in front of my lovely guests? How, how, how do you want me to look like an asshole? <laughs> I'm just kidding, everybody. Okay, well, you tell me what song you want me to sing, and uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. Or did you tell me in the thing? Oh, no. Okay, tell me what song you want to hear, and I will do it. Because... That is the agreement we made. Baby Shark. Okay. You know, so good. I don't think I've ever played Baby Shark. It's always It's Raining Tacos. So I don't even know who, how to play. Who came up with It's Raining Tacos? Uh, Perry something. Okay. So it's not you. No, oh, no. Who it's per Perry Grip. Perry Grip. Oh, you should check out Perry Grip. He has like a, a gang of like just amazing, like they're like almost like techno. He he raises his voice, so it's not he's like tacos. Oh, oh, it's raining tacos from out of the sky. It's like it's silly. Kids love it, and there's animation. I love it. Oh hey, nephew. Thank you for those melodicas. I appreciate it. Sexy. Ooh, thank you for the sexy too. Okay, Baby Shark, here we go. I, I'm pretty sure it's pretty easy. Or maybe I have done this song before. Ping, pink, pink fong. Okay, hold on. We're going to do this. And, oh, what the, what, this, are these real notes? This is like notation. What? No, I don't do that. We don't do notation here. Uh, do, do you know how to read music, Kat? Yeah, slowly. Yeah, me too. I'm I know how to read slowly. Right. It's like, I know what it says. I just... Can I, can I do it? Can I translate that to an instrument? No. Not, I mean, eventually I can, but... Okay, here we go. We're gonna... We're gonna do this. Uh, all right, so it's... Um, Baby, 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 shark, do 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 do, do baby, oh, baby, shark, do 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 do, baby, shark, do 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 do, baby, shark. Oh wow, this is not even right. Mommy shark, do 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 do, mommy shark, do 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 do, mommy shark, do 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 do, mommy shark. Daddy shark, do do. Daddy shark, daddy shark, daddy shark, grandma shark, dharma shark, grandma shark, grandma shark, brother shark, brother shark, brother shark, brother shark, mommy shark, okay. Uh, uh, I, is that uh, where it finishes? I, no, I, I just I stopped. Uh, I, you know, I actually like this progression. It, I really, I really like that that one uh, minor because it's like G and then C, and then here's that E minor. I really like that E minor to the D. I, 
I always love those. those little, um, there's these songs. There's certain songs like Alicia Keys. What song is it? Um, um, if you ain't got nothing. I got, I think that's the song. So like, there's these both like in Lionel Richie, um, uh, hello. There's these turnaround like the where they were. So it has like they loop the like the just let's just say the song like uh, hello by Lionel Richie is G C E minor or G C E minor D right. So he'll go through and play G C D or G C E minor D over and over again until the last line and turn the D into a D minor. And and it just changes and shifts the whole feel of the song before going into the hook. And then he does it at, before the hook. Same way with Alicia Keys. I love those, like, changed little chords, like, mm. where it's just a slight change, right? But it, it, it turns the whole feel into something else. I always, yeah. I always when I'm learning songs, I, I'm always gravitating to those songs that sort of yeah. have that change. Instead, because, because you know how, like, it can go verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It's like, okay. And, I mean, even G, C, E, minor, D, that's the whole song of Mommy or Baby Shark. And, and that's a whole song. And a lot of songs are just four chords like that, too. It's just interesting. It's interesting exercise and thinking. So, <clears throat> um, so after your label stuff, you start going independent. And uh, so how... When did you? When did all this New Zealand stuff fit in? Then, like, when did New Zealand fit in? And and because you're in Japan, you're born there, but then you're New Zealand, and so when does all that take place? How does that? It all, um, it all started when I started eating tacos <laughs> at the age of five. Okay. And then um and then the next day I woke up and I was in New Zealand okay. and I was New Zealand. <laughs> Both of those things. Fair enough. Fair enough. And uh, and then I went to uh, I went to school in New Zealand for well until I finished university. I studied music at university, and uh, and then I went back to Japan at twenty one. Ah, I got you. I got you. So, yeah. so okay, cool, cool. So the were you would you come from a musical family? Do you do you have like a oh. artist in your family? No, you're just the the one off. Yeah, I think um, my grandma. My Japanese grandma really liked to sing. Oh, okay. She, um, okay. she was very musical and crafty with her hands. So, you know, that's, uh, I think that's, it skipped a generation. <laughs> and um, my dad really enjoyed listening to music. So, you know, I would, I would listen to his, like, he would listen to Enya and like Sting and. Enya. Yeah. Sail away, sail very, like, away. Forest sail kind away. of. Yeah. Music, yeah, 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 yeah. Just stuff you can kind of vibe to, just hang out. You don't want too many loud noises bothering you. <laughs> hey, Enya Knox, though, I ain't gonna lie, Enya Knox. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I, you know, besides, you know, the label stuff. Well, what have you been sort of doing with your indie career that you really liked? Uh, or that you're really proud of at this moment, like when you left the label and and you've been working all this long. What what is your most proud mo um, proud achievement out of you know? I mean, because it just seems like the label was just sort of a a good learning experience for you, um, and and gave you some opportunity. So what what were you able to do with that? And sort of at what you know, what's your proudest moment? Yeah, it's it's so you know I look back on my career and. I think I started, you know, this 
I mean, I started down the music path a long time ago, and since I was seven, I wanted to do this. But um, you know, from the age of eighteen, where I finished high school and said I'm going to do this, I'm going to do music. So I studied jazz at university, and then flew to um, you know the UK and spent a month or two there, just talking to different labels, going to different open mics, just doing stuff, and then the same thing in Japan, and then and then getting signed to Sony and. Doing stuff with them for three years, and then I think I was an independent musician in Japan for two years, and um, and my husband helped me with that a lot. So he helped, you know, kind of put, we put a little label together and just figured out how to make CDs and sell them and tour with that. And then came to the U.S. with him in 2013, and just started from scratch. But uh, I entered, you know, I mean, I just have little land like. Just little wins keep you going. Yeah, of、and、course, yeah. All these things that you kind of think will be the big break never were.、Mm. Signing to a label never was.、Um, all of these little things that I, I I was a finalist in the Guitar Center Singer Songwriter Awards like competition a few years ago, which was amazing.、Mm. Like to be, I think you know, to be selected by Don Was, who's an amazing producer and. And to be a top、okay. five finalist was, and even to have him say, like at the finals, he said that my song was his favorite of the night, and I was so, in a way, I was heartbroken because as soon as he said that, I knew I didn't win because、um, it was such a nice compliment. Right. That you know. Ah,、oh, you're like. He <laughs> was announcing the winner. I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so you know, it, it was uh, it's just it's just been awesome. And then to have you know the thing with that commercial with Jack White and this year it was um just so encouraging to our、uh, the song I released with my friend Eden Kai outside inside、mm. got selected like it was right Feb- uh January second we released it and it got included in the New Music Friday playlist、oh, which is okay Spotify's like biggest right one of right. Spotify's biggest playlists and、I、couldn't. Believe it! I just couldn't believe that they would pick our song when we weren't signed to a big label. We weren't, you know, we just submitted through the Spotify platform and、right. didn't, didn't even think that that worked. Right. <laughs> like, oh my goodness! They chose our song, and and you know, for it to get so much plays, and that was so encouraging. But again, all of these things that you just think are going to be the big break, they have they they haven't been like this huge thing, but they're just. They're just encouraging and just a sign to keep going. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's just been my life. Is just to do what I love, and it's just been to have little wins like that. That just、um, I don't know what you call it. Like it's just a sign that just keep going. What、yeah. you're doing is、yeah. resonating with some people, and just just keep doing it. So it's it's the journey. I'm really enjoying the journey. I love the journey, and I'm so grateful that.、Mm. Music is my life. Even my day job, which is teaching,、right. involves music, and so you know, I get to live this incredible life that I'm so grateful for. And I still have so many dreams that aren't realized, but I have a lot of dreams that are. And a lot of people that I've dreamed of collaborating with, I've had the chance to collaborate with. The most recent dream that came true was getting to collaborate with a singer-songwriter. Well, he's a he's actually in a band, but. His name's John Foreman, and he's in a band called Switchfoot. Oh, and I know Switchfoot. And it was my like 15 year dream to write with him, and I got to write a song with him in a hotel lobby in Japan last year. Wow! And, wow. Um, 
And now I'm just like, now my next dream is to get him is to see if he'll sing it. And <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he's going to say yes, to be honest. But, you know, it's I've been like texting him, like sending him the song and like try different versions. But mm. um, but he might. You never know. So yeah. it's just you just keep, Have keep you believing in yourself you, and just keep doing what you love. Did you, you know? ask him? Did you ask him? I, so I, yeah, I have. And like, I put together like a really pop version of the song mm -hmm. with a friend. Cause I was like, I wonder if we took it in a completely different direction, how he would, how he would react to it. Yeah. And so yeah. I like produced, we produced it with my friend and like made it real pop, but I think it was just a little too pop for him. So it was, you know, mm -hmm. I was like, what do you think about this song? And he's like, do you just want my feedback on it? He's like, yeah, I think it's great, but maybe you could sing it more like Oasis. And I was like, will you sing on it? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. when I like cornered him, yeah. made him answer yeah. that one question, he's like, oh, you know, I feel like maybe this like arrangement's a little too pop for me. Like, yeah. I just don't think I could, you know, I feel comfortable singing in this way. So I was like, well, it doesn't have to be this way. Right. How about yeah. if, um, you know, how about if we made it more acoustic? Would you be more comfortable with that? And so he's like, yeah, I would be open to it. So he hasn't said yes, right. but uh, but he hasn't said no. So right. I think I, I haven't had time. <laughs> so I really need to go and reproduce a more stripped back version, just like the demo that we have of us in the hotel lobby. Mm -hmm. but, um, but yeah. Those, so. those moments, man, those moments are so hard when you're like, when you're re when you when you're asking, when you like, you know, the ask is 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 tough because. I don't know about you, but like, I feel like I'm imposing on people's lives and I don't want people to think that I'm just trying to take advantage of them because they have any kind of notoriety. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, I'm not trying to ride any, you know, like you, when it's like a true collaboration, it's like, I'm just want to, I just want to fucking work with you, bro. I'm not trying to, you know, I, I, is that how you feel? Is it weird for you to sort of reach out in that manner or have you sort of gotten callous to that? Yeah. Totally. It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say, no, I'm completely kidding. AMA, I, I don't know what it's you always want. Terrifying. And we always, we all, all of us, I think, struggle with imposter syndrome. And, um, you know, and then I also have people asking, you know, to work with me and collab all the time too. Mm. And I realize mm. that for them, it's probably terrifying too, because <laughs> for, you know, when we, we all have the people that we want to inspire to, to write with, but I just have to, the way I, see it with with john is he is he really is such a lovely guy and he's so open and he doesn't see he's not you know i don't he doesn't i don't see him as someone who's like who's more important and you know yes yeah. i mean maybe some of that i don't know but right. I mean, but right. it's always best to believe that that they do or would be willing to work with you it's just a matter of timing it's mm. just a matter of you know of inspiration if the, um, if the project is right even yeah if the project is right and so i don't know so that where i'm at right now is just trying to um just trying to uh stay positive and just believe that maybe it's just the right timing and also i need to you know just make a i need to make a better version of mm. it that might inspire him and that he would want to he would want to get on board and make it as easy for him as possible i i teach social media in um at a musician's institute so i teach a class there and and i'm always having to say to my students you know if you approach somebody for collaboration make it as easy on them as possible bring them ideas you know if the, just assume that they're really busy yeah. and and that they don't have time to come up with ideas for you yeah. you have to be the one that does the majority of the work right. and you have to be the one that says hey you know i've done all of this you know, would you be willing to give 30 minutes of your time to blah, blah, blah. 
you know, yeah. if you're if you're doing yeah. an ask, make it easy instead of you know. Sometimes I have people do that with me too. They're like, "Hey, let's collab." Yeah. <laughs> like right, okay. That's it. Now um, now write a song and I will sing the uh, words you wrote for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's the same with my uh, with you know with my songwriting stream too. Is mm -hmm. I'm I'm you know thinking okay how do I make this better so that what I am doing you know on Sundays with songwriter um, songwriter sessions can really uh, add offer value to my guest and that they would want to because it's it's a big ask to ask someone for two three hours of their time mm -hmm. especially if they're another streamer and they could possibly be streaming too i mean I've, of course i always give them the option of being able to stream at the same time but that's a big ask and so i need to think about how do i how do i bring something to the table that that they would want to be part of it you mm -hmm. know that they would enjoy it that they would maybe get a song out of it that they would have fun like all of these things so yeah I, and how do i pitch yeah. that you know how do i get as organized as possible so i I'm know not, it's hard yeah. it's hard because you want to like pay attention to chat but you also want to stay engaged with your guest and you want to stay engaged with the song and then you say something to chat and then you forget what you're well me i'm fucking i'm a stoner but <laughs> Um, we got a question from the chat, and, and I kind of want to... Oh, I forgot I was going to ask you about the songwriter thing. Dang it. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll come back to it. Maybe I'll think What if it, Ziggy you know. isn't Ziggy? <laughs> <laughs> Pondering in the corner. It's okay, Ziggy. Come out of the corner. It's okay. Come on. It's okay. You're safe. Um, just came. Sorry if uh, this has been asked being born... Sorry if this has been asked. Being born in Tokyo, raised in New Zealand, and now in LA, how different is the music scene in each city? What do you like, Ooh. dislike about each city? Damn, snooze me. You're doing my job for me. <laughs> Such a good question. I, the first one of the day. God damn. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, they're all very different. It's funny that you say, you know, you were talking about pay to play mm -hmm. in San Diego. Pay to play is huge in Japan, oh. except each ticket is like 30 bucks. Oh. So it's a lot, you know, like people have to pay $400 to play at a lot of venues. Mm -hmm. And um, I tried to avoid venues like that, but there yes. are a lot of venues like that. They're like, they're almost built up like professional concert halls, except in tiny little rooms. So it's a weird feeling for me because I'm like, why didn't you just open up a cafe and then make it a live venue right. instead of adding all these lights, all this fancy equipment that you're blasting out in this tiny little room, these massive PA speakers and like huge guitar amps that are having to that blast out a blast right, people's right. ears out. Tiny box of a room with no chairs. <laughs> just like, ah, oh, I don't understand. Right. So, um, so yeah, and so Tokyo's scene was was interesting because it's um it's so underground that it's hard to just go there and go what are, who am I going to check out tonight? Mm -hmm. Like it's kind of mm -hmm. hard to discover. Um, but there is uh, there is some there is some like I think there's Tokyo Gig Guide which is kind of cool. There's a few different things now online that give um, information to. To non-Japanese speaking people, right. that lets people know what's happening. But unless you know somebody who's is who knows a lot about music in Japan, it, it is kind of hard to discover live yeah. a live music yeah. scene. It takes a little. It takes a minute to figure out where the where the hot spots are and where your local spot is because there are so many different scenes and mm. so many different genres. Right, right. Um, and then New Zealand, I think, is very small, <laughs> and I haven't lived there for 15, 16 years, so yeah. I'm not sure what the live scene is like. But I do know that the music, uh, there's just so much good music coming out of New Zealand that 
I love working with this producer, Nick Manders in New Zealand. So he mixes all of my stuff. And um, when I go down, I'm releasing a new song in three weeks. Hey! I just submitted it. Coming out November 13th. And oh so that's God. a song that I like that he produced for me last time I was there, like two years ago. <laughs> well, there we go. We got we got some we got yeah. something to talk about. No, I'm just kidding. No. Yeah. So so New Zealand then, was a. Have you ever heard of Catch a Fire, the band? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Those guys are rock and uh, those guys are red. They um, mm -hmm. I, I've had them on the show before. They're 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 fucking. Yeah, they're oh, fucking they're badass. Cool. I I I mean I played in festivals out west like uh, a lot of the reggae festivals because I was deeply embedded. I always say deeply embedded, like I was it's like highly undercovered in like Iraq or something. I was like, I was deeply embedded in enemy territory. No, I was just a part of the reggae scenes and 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 the so the uh, I guess the Cali Roots reggae scene now. But uh, you know, have you ever heard of the California Roots Festival at all, or the One Love Festival that goes down in uh, yeah. Long Beach? Anyways, I've heard of One Love. Mm -hmm. So there's like there's a bunch of reggae festivals out in California, and uh, reggae is big out there. Uh, if you didn't know, um, in in certain circles, but uh, yeah. So I had a chance to sort of be backstage with a bunch of different people. So that when when I had him on my show, let me just clarify: it was me backstage with the microphone, be like, "Do you want to talk to me?" Okay, cool, thank you. And then that was it. Whispering glitter. I don't know what your question is. You you asked an AMA. So, but I don't know what your question is. Uh, have you bust in Japan, New Zealand, and LA? And how? Okay, let let, let let's let her finish the one. So so, how does that all compare to LA? Hey, what's up? Okay, Doctor Cunning. Um, <laughs> Hello, yeah, Doctor Cunning. Um, so so, tell me about the LA scene because I have a very, I have an outsider's view of it. It's not a great view, <laughs> but I would love uh, I'd love your perspective of it. I was kind of surprised that there wasn't more happening in LA. <laughs> you know, I do. It, it, well, it's it's just such a like us. Um, I don't want to call it fake, but it's just a, such a place where things are sort of planned and set up, and like nothing's like there's no real. I feel like there's no real organic growth to anything. Everything's sort of just funded, and and like you know, if you have a band that that a record label wants to check out, they just rent out a, a club, and you know, like it's just, it's weird. It, it's a weird place, but of course, I'm talking on my ass. So uh, <laughs> again, outsider's perspective, I played LA a few times. I'm a, a good amount of times, but you know, like I'm just. I'm, please keep going. I'll stop interrupting you to say <laughs> dumb things. Yeah. Well, so um, you know, at Sunset Strip, which mm -hmm. is where a lot of those classic venues are, yeah. the Roxy and Troubadour. You know, Wait, is these. that the Troubadour? Is the Troubadour on the Sunset? Troubadours. Sunset? Yep, the Troubadours Whiskey, also there too. Um, Whiskey. Oh, Jesus. Comedy store. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of those. All of those spots are generally. I don't think to the Troubadours. The Troubadour would be my favorite venue on that strip. Mm. Um, but every other venue, I think, is pretty much pay to play. Right. And yeah. so in terms of finding good music there, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you would find bands that are just like kicking it yeah. and doing really well yeah. because a lot of these bands are paying to play. Right. Uh, right. My favorite singer-songwriter venue is Hotel Cafe. Hmm. And I think there are a lot of great spots in Echo Park that I just don't know about. So there are some pretty cool, you know, events and things happening at different spots. The Echo is dope. But, the Echo is dope. Yeah, the Echo. And so there's, there's a 
cool some cool scenes but for a big city like this i was expecting more mm. um there mm. was uh, i live close to venice and there was a really great live venue there but um but the owner passed away and then i guess his family just couldn't quite keep it up and mm. so that's gone now and so it's kind of i don't think the scene is really happening anymore and so now i'm a little sad because hotel cafe was my favorite place and it's mm. it's a great place to play if you're an up-and-coming singer-songwriter uh but i think you know i really hope they'll survive this yeah but it's hard to know the music they can't open really... up for another year or so mm. and they were already mm. kind of struggling too i think <clears throat> i don't know if people are going out as much even before the pandemic i don't think they were no going out no. and checking out live music as much as they used to Right. So, just a different time. Yeah, I mean, I I can't even compare Toledo to LA because it's such a different monster altogether. But it's like around here, like I was saying, like there's I I know some of the the venue owners or at least know people that know them, and it's like they're operating at seventy five percent of what they were. You know, like they're trying, they're offering. You know, where where a band would get like five hundred bucks, now they're getting like a hundred bucks. You know, like it's insane. Like everybody's sort of. Um, recoiling and, and trying to just stay above surface and meanwhile we're here on twitch just, just having a good old yeah. time which is really sad yeah. because i absolutely love playing out live but there's other aspects to it that i absolutely hate you know like i just that i don't care for i don't hate it there's yeah. no aspect of music that i hate that's such a strong word shut up I, I don't hate <laughs> that i don't it's just that there's aspects that i don't care for um yeah. okay. <clears throat> So Snoozy asks what uh is pay to play what it sounds like. So yeah. we should probably explain what Please, that is. Please go ahead. Should I do that? Yeah, I'd love okay. for you to do. Pay to play is where bands have to guarantee the tickets. And so you know, uh, a venue wants to, you know, just wants to make sure that they make their cut for the night. So they want to make sure that they can pay their rent and pay their staff, fair enough. And mm -hmm. so um, some of these venues ask the band to pay or to buy some tickets up front. And so the band might buy, like, have to buy 20, 30 to 40 tickets up front. And then they need to go and sell that. And then maybe after they sell that, then they'll make 50% or 100% of whatever tickets they sell. Probably not 100 for pay-to-play for pay venues, but, you know, they'll make... Um, They'll make a cut after they sell like 40 tickets. But if they don't sell 40 tickets, they have to pay that up front. So that's what pay to play generally means. Yeah, it, it, it kind of sucks because like like uh, Kat was saying, you have people who can, you know, who are buying their way into these awesome historical venues, you know, like the birthplace of some, some of the most amazing music on earth. Um, and, and you're getting these people who are kind of subpar who can, you know, had enough money just to play. So it was OK. You know, like they were able to sell enough tickets or their parents had enough money to just pay off all the tickets. So you, you do end up getting sort of like whoever sort of can afford to play there. And so if you're trying to just go from club to club, trying to find the next cool thing, it might be a little challenging to find something worthwhile that wasn't bought and paid yeah. for and i think that was kind of where i was going when with my stupid big thing that i said before <laughs> i actually got the real information alan stone's yeah. amazing andrew bell I, i've never heard of andrew bell but alan stone mm -hmm. i love alan stone uh it's also yeah. the responsibility of the venue owners to promote their events and music uh and musicians though rather than going mm -hmm. oh no one is coming over so it's the musician's fault 
Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you run into that a lot. I mean, but in the the reality of the situation is, is that it's your responsibility to go out and promote and do everything you can to get people to come to your show. Like Mm -hmm. just because, you know, just because the venue is great and, you know, it has a great name doesn't mean that people are just going to come. People probably be there, but you definitely have to go out and hustle your ass um, yourself. I would say that never depend on a club to the to do the the marketing for you unless that's part of their deal. Like if you like mm-hmm. that's part of the deal. Like yeah. we're gonna promote. We're gonna whatever. But yeah, yeah you should always be promoting yourself, anyways. Totally. <laughs> and the way that hotel cafe works is that you don't have to pay to play, mm. but you only mm. get paid after you bring a certain number of people. Yeah. So. It depends on the time slot and day, but generally you have to bring anywhere between 15 to 35 people (laughs) to get paid. And so if you, you know, on a, on a, if you have a like particular slot where you have to bring 35 people, but you bring 34 people, Mm. you don't get paid a dime. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, you know, and, and they probably won't have you back Mm -hmm. because they Mm -hmm. want, you know, they have a reputation and, they want people, you know, they want to fill it. And, and a lot of people, enough musicians want to play there mm-hmm. that they can kind mm-hmm. of pick and choose. And so they, um, you know, so when musicians play at Hotel Cafe, it's a very special event. And they they really work to to bring people in. That's cool. And if you don't, they ask you. Yeah. They're like, why did you not bring people? <laughs> right. You know you're supposed to bring people, right? Like, that's how this works. <laughs> you know you're supposed to do that. Uh, yeah, it, it's, 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 a weird, it's a weird relationship between a musician and promoters and, and club bookers and stuff. Because on one hand, it's like, how do you grow a scene if you're not allowing new people to sort of come in and, and breathe new life into it? But on the other hand, it's like, how do you make money? You know, like, how do you, because, you know, like, they, they're there to make money. It's a business. It's, you know, they're not there to, to get your career off the ground. They're there to make money. And so it, it's, a, it's a weird dance. It's, it's a really weird mm-hmm. dance that you sort of have to navigate through. And everybody sort of finds their way in different ways, you know? Like, you know, you find your way th- the way you found your way. And, and it's just such a, it's just, it's just, you just find your path in, in arts. It's such a, um, one thing that caught, that right off the bat where you were, when we first started, you were talking about, um, you know, now you're on Twitch and you're teaching and you're using all these, all the information that's sort of, you've accumulated over the years is now sort of being put into play. And what I've found is just that 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 Twitch and and you know this this that this is a platform to really exploit all those things that you have information in because you're gonna need it. I mean, because it's it's a it's a very it's a very trying platform at first. I mean, it can be very frustrating just with on the tech aspect, but uh, even when you're trying to uh, uh, grow the platform or anything, it's it's. I don't know. It's just such a, you have to really (laughs) draw from all the places that you've learned stuff. And I don't feel like that just for Twitch, but I kind of feel like that in life in general or for your past, your career past, or at least on paths that maybe you should or should not be on. Um, You know, like all the things that you accumulate through the year, all the knowledge, all the tech, like, you know, I I took a, 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 a design class, an adult ed class a long time ago. 
And now I use those tools to create fucking flyers. You know what I mean? Like, and I learned iMovie a long time ago just to put together a video. And now I do video editing. It's just like sort of all these things that you just sort of pick up all over the, over time. They just sort of start going into play. Um, do, do you do video editing? Are, are you also, do you do your video editing? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, so you have, you have, I, back, I, you have background in that. Uh, yeah. I mean, do you agree with that? Do you sort of see where I'm going with that? Or did I just talk in circles again? Um, what was the question? <laughs> there's not really a question. It was more of a, a, of an idea that we sort of find ourselves on, on these paths that we, that we believe to be, you know, our true paths. And, um, it requires us to sort of draw from all the wells that we've dug over the years and all the things that we've learned, all the, all the little things that we learned are now into play. It's sort of, uh, I, I was asking if you agree with that sentiment that, that as Absolutely. you go forward, is it, um, do you notice that, that you are pulling from it? I mean, you said it at the beginning that you sort of, you sort of said it, I kind of went on wherever the fuck that went, but okay. And, and so you agree, is that, that's what you're saying? Yes. Wonderful. I'm on board. <laughs> I'm on board. Where are my tacos? Yeah, where are all these fucking tacos? Okay, we got another question. Thank you, Adam, for 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 saving me there. Uh, are you worried about the Twitch uh, crash once the world goes back to normal? Oh, I I like this. I, and that thank you for bringing this up, Adam. Will you continue streaming even when gigs and real life things are happening again? Woo! That is a good one, Adam. Thank you. Yeah. Do you think Twitch will crash? Well, not crash. I think he means like, because right now Twitch is like quadrupling in size, like every quarter, they're just growing massively due to the pandemic. And, you know, and and now everyone's realizing that streaming is the shit. Um, so after the quarantine, do you think there'll be a dip in, in users? Or, or do you think they'll hit a bubble where like, you know, there might there might be too many streamers to you know people watching you know, like do you think that's going to happen after the pandemic is done i i think that's i'm trying to clarify after things go yeah, normal it's great i have thought about that but i also feel like you know i've been a, back in my day i've watched a lot of social media start and you know sit and mature and settle into things and you know i think I mean, I thought YouTube was going to crash, like, I don't know, back in 2012. Right. But it's bigger than ever. And I remember when YouTube was, like, a weird thing, when people were like, wait, you post videos and you put them on the internet? <laughs> like, what? Right. And I feel right. like a lot of people are don't know about Twitch yet. And a lot of people are like, wait, isn't that gaming? <laughs> and, I mean, I'm telling people about right. Twitch every day. And people, even like the artist, you know, I, I spoke to my artist a couple of days ago, the one who's designed all of my album covers. Oh, wow. And I said, oh, hey, wow. I wanted to talk to you about maybe, you know, potentially doing an ongoing thing where maybe you, you know, you could help me make emotes. And I had to explain what Twitch was. <laughs> and his mind was just blown. He's like, what? I'm like, you could do this too if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> you like, could do it too like what i'm like you could share your art and all the things that you're already doing he's like i'd rather just play games it's <laughs> <laughs> like you could do that too yeah. um but yeah and so i don't know i i don't i think there's still so many people that haven't even discovered twitch mm. that 
I don't see it slowing down anytime soon in the same way that YouTube just continued to become a mainstream thing. I don't see Twitch as a mainstream thing yet. It's not. It's still it's not. so hard for me to get people on Instagram and on my other, you know, people who are following me on other social platforms. It's yeah. so hard getting them to hang out with me on Twitch still, you know? I mean, I haven't done a lot of promoting, but the little that I have, it's still like pulling teeth trying to get people to come to Twitch because they just don't know how fun it is yet. It's true. Until you get in. Because and then even yeah. when you get in, it's a little bit intimidating because we're using all these languages like raiding and lurking and biddies and subs. And, right. and yeah, it's right. all very like, what? You know, it takes a while. So I, I don't know. I think it's just the beginning for Twitch, especially for Twitch music. Maybe Twitch gaming is saturated, but if you offer other experiences on Twitch um, and you can do something that other people maybe on Twitch don't do yet, then I don't know. I see so much potential here. Yeah. And then yeah. like with the whole like letting go thing, I mean, who knows if you'll even want to stream, you know, like as much as we do now in the future anyway. Right. I don't know. It'll, it'll, uh, it'll mature and we'll change with it. So that's kind of how I feel. So do you think that once the gigs come back that you'll stay streaming? I, as I think so. I mean, I think I'm trying to like, I'm trying to grow something here that will be sustainable long term, and and live streaming, live performing, live streaming is way more sustainable than in real life gigs. Yeah, and make those in real life gigs even more special. Like, imagine yes, if I would yes. get to, if I get to like, go to Whispering Glitters Town and like get to play a house concert, mm -hmm. you know, and can hang out with with her in real life. Right. Wouldn't that be cool? Like that one day. Cool. That's a really good that'll idea. Be, that'll be, you know, something that mm -hmm. comes when it's safe to do so. Right. And we've already right. like built all these amazing relationships online. Exactly. So, no, and don't people don't know what Twitch is. I, I and and this is the same way. Like six years ago when I started my podcast, even six years ago, people still didn't know what the fuck a podcast they knew what it was, but it was just starting to sort of like like Joe Rogan and what well, uh, this American life is? Oh, it, it's unstable. My internet connection is unstable. Uh, but but when I <laughs> but when I started the podcast, like nobody knew. Now everybody knows what podcast. Everybody has a podcast. I feel like the same. I'm I'm going through the same thing with Twitch. Like I'm going through the same shit. Like I'm like telling everybody about it. I'm like, yo, I'm starting to stream. You should do it too. Like I'm telling all my musicians around. I'm telling my podcasting homies. And like nobody wants to put in that time right now because they don't see it as, you know, something that, that's worth pursuing because it's not something they see everywhere they go. But like you said, back in 2011, 2012, people were thinking YouTube can't sustain this. And then Justin Bieber, you know, like once these stars start coming out of here, once people really start hitting mainstream uh, popularity, especially on the music side, I mean, the gaming side is already crazy, but uh, and saturated. Yes, I feel bad for people trying to start as gamers, but uh, it, it's it, it, it's I don't know, man, it, it's just um it's a it's a it's one of those things that that is gonna be let out of the bag and then it, and then everybody's gonna realize it's too late because <laughs> i really yeah. felt like it was too late i started in june and I, I and at the time i was like gosh darn it i should have started back in march when raina started but or april and yeah. ugh, you know I'm, I'm, I'm late i'm late to the game but i'm not because if you're starting something 
and you really believe in it and not most people don't know what's going on most people think it's crazy and stupid it's probably chances are it's probably the right thing in mo in some cases you know let's scratch that that's not good advice <laughs> there's so many ways to poke holes in that i'm not um you were saying that you wanted to do the podcast and we're going to start wrapping up here uh you were i i wanted to just say that i think that's a great idea to turn your uh your singing uh, uh stream into a podcast because it's such a because it's such an interesting idea and and you know like you guys were going for like three four hours and you're and the numbers just kept getting bigger like people just kept coming and hanging out um there and i i think that can you say that again oh sure the the streaming podcast three four hours oh yeah yeah well i was just saying oh oh this might be the end of the podcast everybody Thank you so much, Kat. I truly appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your story with us. Uh, you can find Kat at cat-mcdowell.com, K-A-T-McDowell, M-C-D-O-W-E-L-L.com. You can also find her on Twitch at twitch.tv slash catmcdowell, and she's all over the social medias, and I'm going to put all this in the show notes, so please do go click around and support your girl. Uh, you can also go find Raina Mystique, uh, her new single. At, uh, I'll put that in the show notes as well, RainaMystique.com. Uh, she has a new single out called Stew. It's a reggae jam. Uh, you can also write the show at WeSpeakEnglishGood at gmail.com. Uh, we got a lot of live streams coming up this week, so please do follow us up on all the socials. <laughs> do the like, subscribe, review thing. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter discord everything uh to stay up to date with all the guests that are coming up we got some fire ass guests i definitely want to push saturday james bradley jr on the twitch feed he is the drummer he was the drummer for crazy town he's been he's worked with uh chuck man mangione he's worked with anita baker he's worked with cat and cat king cole net king cole uh i just saw this amazing video of him on the jack benny show as a five-year-old and he, man he was killing it then too so yeah this saturday uh, december 5th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we got James Bradley Jr. on the live feed. Of course, you can always wait for it to come out on the podcast feed, which is totally fine with me. I super duper appreciate you guys still listening, still downloading these episodes. It's been awesome. Uh, also, leave us a review, and uh, that helps us to be found. And, of course, subscribe on Apple iTunes, uh, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can subscribe on YouTube and on Twitch. Uh, I think that's everything. I, I did most of my promoting at the top of the show. So, oh my God. Of course, don't forget about the live music stream Sunday, December 13th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We're going to have JT and the Conspiracy back on the show. So if you guys haven't joined on, on the Twitch, you're missing out on so much more content. This is just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to the content that we provide on the Twitch stream. So please do go and join us on Twitch. Okay, guys, that is enough out of me. I'm going to cut it short this week. I'm actually in the middle of modding for Reyna on her Twitch stream. So I will let you guys go. Have a wonderful rest of your day. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe out there. 
Be good to your fellow human beings. HJ's for everybody. I'll catch you guys next time.